Hello, welcome to another edition of FinBits with Johnny Bowen. My name is Johnny Bowen. I got to work on that intro. Uh, maybe I'll practice that later today. But uh, today is March 1st and you all know what that means. It is, it's my daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Miss Ellie. She is, she probably wouldn't tell me her age, but she's in her early 20s. Um, studying to be a doctor, should be a doctor in a couple of years and can take care of all of our ailments. So I'm pretty excited about that. Happy birthday, Pumpkin. We are so proud of you and uh, hope you get through your test today and uh, maybe get some dairy-free cookies at the end of the day. A few other things in my mind besides Dr. future Dr. Ellie's birthday is, I, I got a couple of things to get off my mind. First of all, last week, for, and for those of you who have not listened before, FinBits simply means uh, bits of financial information. I've been writing a blog for about four plus years, five years, and uh, decided to turn it into a podcast because not everybody likes to read anymore. So try to cram some ideas into a podcast to really just keep you up to date on bits of financial information that are going on in the world. And then usually address a certain topic each week that is pertinent pertinent, that's a big word for me, to some or all of you. Today, we're going to tackle, should you pay down your student loan or invest in the future? And the answer is, yes, you should. So we'll, uh, I'll, I'll dive into that here in a little bit. But before I do, I, a couple of things that have happened last week. Now, usually I drop this in the middle of the week. Last week, you'll notice I did not have one. And I'm sure most of you were just sitting by your phone or walking on the treadmill or in your rowing machine and wondering, oh my gosh, where's the FinBits for this week? How am I gonna get through the middle of the week? And uh, so I apologize, but um, we took a little bit of vacation to get out of the Colorado winter cold and uh, went to the desert. And uh, let's just say most time there, you, uh, you play a lot of pickleball. Now I consider myself fairly decent with a racket or paddle in my hand and can hold my own. I went up to these courts and you see a bunch of Jerry Actives out there walking around, talking about their ailments, complaining about their grandkids, complaining about the financial markets and uh, preparing for happy hour at 2.30. And uh, so I figured, all right, well, this would be kind of fun. And so my wife and I, we went out there and played the, the first game and you just kind of get paired up with people that are kind of at your level. And well, let's just say we got absolutely smoked uh, the first match and then the second match and then the entire day. We played five and I don't think we scored more than a couple of points. I was furious. And then all of them were like, you coming back tomorrow? Hey, we'll see you later on today. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was, I was really bent out of shape. So I spent about the next three days going down there every day, playing more and more pickleball. And I started to raise my game a little bit to, to at least save face, but uh, just wanted to alert you. If you're going out to play pickleball with a bunch of retirees, don't fall for their, you know, Canadian nice routine. They are there to destroy you and, and ruin your vacation. Other than that, it was a lot of fun. A couple of other things that have come up in the last week that I thought I would just give a dad comment on. Uh, Chat GBT. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is a company called OpenAI Artificial Intelligence released uh, this software that allows artificial intelligence to do a lot of things for you. It is super cool and super scary. I mean, if any of you don't have a recollection of, you know, Arnold and Terminator and taking over the world. That's kind of what the little bit of the fear is. But as of right now, it's super cool. 
For example, you can type in a sentence and say, write me a paper, a humorous paper on the you know, first three presidents, and it'll write you a paper in 15 seconds. That's, you know, a couple pages long. So very cool, very strange, but I do think my college experience might've been a little bit better had I had a chance to use chat GBT, but they're figuring that out also. All right. So that's about it. I, the last thing I, I guess I'll make a comment on is, well, I was riding my bike to, to work the other day. And um, now granted, usually I ride a regular bike. This is an electric bike that technically I bought for my wife, but it happens to fit me. So I'm riding it to work, staying, minding my own business, usually on the sidewalk, but also I was kind of in a bike lane and I got totally cut off by this electric truck, Rivian, which is a brand new electric truck manufacturer. It's a very cool vehicle, very overpriced, but, uh, dude ran right by me and, and ran me into the sidewalk and uh, almost crashed. I was so furious. I'm like, dude, that's, we're all electric here. We're all just trying to save the world. Can, can you help somebody? And uh, so I just want to know, you, you can't take the redneck out of the pickup. Even if it's electric, they're, they're still going to act like a redneck truck driver. Now, full disclosure, I do have a pickup, so I'm allowed to say all that. Anyway, so I was bent out of shape for a little bit, and then uh, I rode my bike home, and I was happy again. But uh, anyways, not happy with the electric vehicle community right now, but I'll, I'll get over it. All right, let's jump into the weekly market recap. And, and again, I'm just trying to give you bits of financial information, give you an idea of what's going on in some of the markets. And I don't expect you to retain all of this, but it, it's helpful to know what's going on and, and maybe why. And there's just a couple of markets that I like to check. First of all, the S&P 500. Now, again, that's the 500 largest companies in the U.S. And it's a pretty good representation of what's going on in the U.S. stock market. Currently, it's at about 39.70. Over the last week, it's down 2.66%. Year to date, it's positive, up about 3.66%. But over the last 12 months, it's down just under 6%. But over the last three years, it's cumulative. Cum that's a big word. Altogether, it's up almost 29%. Another market to take. So that's a good representation of the U.S. market. So year to date, it's certainly doing better. The next market is MSCI EFE, E-A-F-E, which is Europe, Australia, Far East, Japan, and so forth. So think of these are all the developed countries like the U.S., but not the U.S. So that's a good representation of the international market. Currently, it's sitting at 2035. Over the last week, it's kind of the same as the U.S. It's down 2.41, but year-to-date, it's up almost 5%. So doing good year-to-date. Then over the last 12 months, it's pretty much flat. Hasn't really gone over the 12 months altogether. It's pretty much flat from where it started. The next market is the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ is uh, the larger as well. It's a representation of mostly higher growth companies, which is going to relate to tech companies. So think of your average tech company. It's probably in the NASDAQ. Last year, that market, that index got crushed because a lot of the high growth tech companies lost a considerable amount. Currently, the NASDAQ is sitting at 11,395. And over the last week, it's down about 3.31%, kind of like the rest of the markets. But year to date, it's up 9%. But over the last 12 months, it's down just under 15%. So year to date, it's rebounded quite a bit, but it was down quite a bit last year. The reason that NASDAQ 
uh, is probably starting to rebound a little bit is because when interest rates went up so much last year, it caused people to get a little nervous on growth companies and high tech companies. And it's a whole math equation that I won't explain, but when interest rates are rising, that can be detrimental to high growth companies that don't have uh, a lot of revenue or just high growth companies overall because their valuations just get too too high, too out of whack. So that's why a lot of the tech companies went down last year, but they're rebounding this year uh, up nicely again, 9%. Two other things that I wanna mention, uh, the 10 year US treasury, uh, right now it's paying about 3.95%. So what that means is a 10 year treasury is a very good barometer of safe money. So if you really just wanted to park money, not counting your local bank, a 10-year treasury is backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, which means we'll probably pay it back. If we don't pay it back, the whole rest of the world's in a heap of trouble. So the 10-year treasury is pretty good representation of what we call risk-free rates, risk-free money. So it's at 3.95. A year ago, it was at 1.96. And three years ago, it was at 1.38, and that was really the start of the pandemic. So at the start of the pandemic, it really came down quite a bit because the federal government was trying to stir business by lowering interest rates. Well, now that inflation has really gotten out of whack, they're raising interest rates to try and stall, um, stall the inflation a little bit. Then the last one I'll mention is Bitcoin because everybody really wants to know. Now, Bitcoin... Um, I, I don't know if you invest in it, what you think of it, but it's, it's interesting to me. I don't own any of it, but I think it's interesting. Bitcoin currently is about 23,695. Uh, over the last week, it's fairly flat. It's down about a half a percent. Year to date, it is up just under 43%. So it's skyrocketed since the beginning of the year. But over the last 12 months, it's down 46%. So at one point, the high for Bitcoin got close to $60,000 uh, at some point last year or the year before. So it's down a, quite a bit off the, the high, but it has rallied back this year for no apparent reason. <laughs> so I'll just state that right now. Why it's gone up, I don't know. Bitcoin is just a, it's an interesting thing to talk about, but I don't know what I'll do with it. All right, a couple other things. Now let's, let's jump into student loans. And here's why I think this is relevant. Again, it, it affects everybody. But my first question is, why are we giving so much money to 18 year olds? Think about it. If you had a little brother that was 18, would you lend him $100? No, probably not. He doesn't have $100 and he probably didn't have a way to pay you back. But for some reason, entities, including the federal government and private institutions are willing to give you 30 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand. Hey, just sign your name. We'll give you the money. It'll be fine. What they don't tell you is it's going to take you the rest of your life to pay it off, if at all. And uh, so I think it's a complete disservice to the student that we are requiring them to buy, to borrow so much money. And uh, I, I think there's collusion between the colleges and the student loan providers, you know, because tuition keeps going up. Everything keeps going up and they'll always let you borrow more money. So I don't know. I'm not real happy with it, but uh, why you would give an 18 year old so much money and think about it. If you had, if you wanted to start a business, what would you do? You'd start a, you'd write a business plan. You'd have a profit and loss statement. You'd have a 
great plan of how you're going to build your and grow your business. You take it into the bank and you say, hey, can I borrow $20,000 to start my business? And most banks should go, no, we don't lend it to brand new businesses. Come back when you're making a little bit of money. So you can have a great plan and not get any money, but you can be an 18 year old kid and we'll give you a couple hundred grand, no problem. Seems a little backwards to me, but we'll see if we can't rectify it over time. So the reason student loans has come up this week is because before the federal government, before the federal government, before the Supreme Court right now, they're deciding whether or not to forgive some of the student loan debt. They're deciding on a case brought to the Supreme Court. And how this came about a couple of years ago, some of the candidates who were running for president promised to eliminate student loan debt. Now, they didn't really say how much of the time. They just said they're going to eliminate it. Well, that helps garner a lot of votes. And I'll just say back in that time in the 2020 era, um, I was teaching a personal finance class at a local college here in Colorado. And I asked my class, who were mostly upperclassmen, and a lot of them were older than they're in their mid-20s because they were they were paying their way through school. And some of them were the first ones to go to college in their family. And I asked them, I said, what do you think about getting student loans eliminated or forgiven? I will tell you, most of them were not happy about it, which was interesting to me because they were working multiple jobs to put their way through school and try and keep their student loan debt as low as possible. And which, so that was a very eye opener for me that here's a group who is doing as much as they can to not have student loan debt. And if student loan is forgiven for some other uh, group of folks, then they thought it would be unfair. So what do they get for working a couple of jobs? So I just want to give you an, a, an opposing view that I heard directly from students, which I thought was pretty interesting. Anyway, if we, I, I do think there's a huge problem with student loan uh, debt across the country. Currently, right now, student loan debt borrowers in the U.S. owe a combined $1.76 trillion. A little over half of the class of 2020, 55%, are going to graduate with student debt, according to data from the College Board. And the average amount of student debt, guess what it is? $28,000. The average U.S. household right now owes $58,000 in student loan debt, according to NerdWallet, which is a pretty good resource to, to find some of that information. $58,000 for the average U.S. household, that's a lot of money. So that means not only the student, but the parents, sometimes the grandparents who have taken on, you know, parent loans for, for college. So there's, there's a lot of issues going there. So I think a couple of issues that have, have certainly come up. And so the candidates, uh, Joe Biden, when he was running, promised to eliminate student loan debt. And so what has finally come about is, for those of you who don't know, since the pandemic, if you were making student loan payments at the time, you could put those off during COVID. And then that got extended a couple of times uh, by President Trump at the time. And then it's gotten extended a couple more times by President Biden. And currently it's still, uh, what we call kind of in forbearance is still kind of being delayed as far as making those payments simply because they this case went to the supreme court and basically they're trying to decide is it fair and i don't know what the supreme court is going to do but um 
what Joe Biden's proposal essentially says is it would wipe out $10,000 in debt per borrower, $10,000, not your $100,000, $10,000. And that's for individuals making up to $125,000 a year or households making less than $250,000 a year. So if you're under those amount, administration is going to wipe out $10,000 in debt. If you took on a Pell Grant during college, then that forgiveness could be up to $20,000. So not, not a bad perk for sure. And it doesn't really matter. I don't care what people's political views on paying it off or, or having the students, you know, having the government pay some of it. But I, I totally understand if you're deep in debt and having a little bit wiped out, sure, it'd be nice to have some of that eliminated. But I wouldn't count on it. I'd continue making your payments. And, you know, a couple of things to think about. Um, interest rates have gone up in the last year. So this might not make as much sense, but kind of depends on when you got out of college. You might consider consolidating some of your loans. So let's say, for example, you have three student loans. One of them is for $12,000 and you have it at a private company like Discover Bank. Let's say that you have a second loan that is $16,000 and it's at Sally May, which is backed by the federal government. And then you have a third loan that's about $8,000, also backed by the federal government. You could combine all those into one loan, but here's the challenge. The only loans right now that could be forgiven are ones that are backed by the federal government. So while private companies would like you to consolidate with them and possibly get a lower interest rate. If the government forgives some of the loans, then a private company does not have to participate in it. And they probably won't is my guess. Why would they? They, they don't have to in, and now they have you as a customer paying interest on the loan. So that's a big thing. Think about it before you consolidate. If you get a lower interest rate, maybe it makes sense. But you really want to look at all of the factors. Does it make sense to take away your federal loan? Because now you don't have those possibilities of be, being forgiven. Another thing that I thought about is as you are looking at employers and, and maybe you're looking for a new position, consider seeking out employees, employees, employers that offer student loan payment reduction as a benefit. So the start of this was, should I invest or should I pay down my student loan? And the answer is yes, you should. Student loans are a big deal for a lot of families, as I mentioned earlier, but it doesn't mean you should wait to invest until you're in your forties and your student loans are paid off. Start investing today. If you're in your twenties or your thirties, as I said in the last episode, absolutely take advantage of the retirement program you have at work. If you're at a private company and you have a 401k, or if you're at an institution, public institution or government, you have a 403b or 457, absolutely start contributing the minimum so you can at least get the match by the company or the institution. So that might only be 3% of your compensation, but do as much as you can. Because as I've said many times, it will just build up over time. But don't forget about your student loans. If you have a favorable interest rate, meaning it's much less than the going rate, then I would make the payments each month and, and not worry about it too much. 
I would not worry or plan on your student loan being completely forgiven. Do I think $10,000 is going to be wiped out on a lot of people's loans? I do actually. I think it's going to get passed because it's favorable for both sides of of Congress, both uh, Democrats and Republicans are not completely opposed to it. They just want to have certain rules in place before it's given away. So I'm okay with that. You know, I I think it's such a huge issue if we can give people some relief that did a good job in school and now they're working. I just think there's a few more parameters we want to attach to it as opposed to just a blanket wipe out 10 grand. And I also think you should help out the people who graduated in the last five years and worked two jobs to put themselves through school with no debt. What do they get? And that's kind of what's in front of the Supreme Court right now. How do you make it equitable for everybody? It's a tough one, but uh, just want you to be aware that if the Supreme Court rules, the decision really won't be made public until what I read this this summer in June. So it's not something right around the corner. Um, so if you currently are not making payments on your student loan, I'd probably start doing it again because it's not going to be completely wiped out. Uh, it's, it's something is going to be in place and maybe you get a little bit or maybe you get nothing. But either way, something will still be there. So hopefully that's helpful. And that's uh, that's a little bit on student loans. I know if you're going into college, it is uh, a lot of questions for parents and the students themselves. I think the biggest thing is to be aware of what you're getting into and borrow as little as possible. You'll thank yourself later down the road. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Hopefully you got a good idea of what's going on with student loans. What are some of your options? What's around the corner? Next week, I'm going to answer the question that I receive every so often. Actually, it's quite a bit. And it's, hey, JB, I've got a little extra money. Where should I invest now? Until next week, have a good one. Bye-bye.